Welcome to the ICANN Podcast, the podcast of the Indiana Catholic Conference. The Indiana Catholic Conference is the official public policy voice of the Catholic bishops of Indiana. Welcome back to the ICANN Podcast. This is Alexander. And Angela. And we are now a week away to two full weeks. From Sine Die, which is... Well, not, not even two full weeks. No, right. Like a week. And Sine Die is the end of the session officially. Mm-hmm. And we have no reason to believe that they will not gavel out um, in past years be with the uh, pan- with the pandemic and COVID. They didn't officially gavel out in case they needed to address something, you know, with emergency measures. But we don't have that going on. So we should be actually officially done. Yeah. So there's still a lot of work that they're doing on the budget. And that's the main topic of our conversation today is what does the ICC care about in the budget and what are we hoping for in the final product? Money, money, money. Yeah. And we just found out that there's a little bit more money than what was anticipated. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about that, Alexander? Yeah. So the state does a revenue forecast. Uh, I think it's twice a year. Maybe it's more. I don't know. I know the last the last one, other than the most recent, was in December. And so that gave legislators a guide of this will have about this much money to spend. And then there was one that came out on uh, Wednesday of this week that said there's actually $1.5 billion additional dollars that the December revenue forecast didn't have. That's billion with a B, people. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at, um, I, there's, there's speculation about what legislators will do with that extra money that's been forecasted. And one of the first things we'd like to see them do is fund Senate Bill 1. That was the one that dealt with mental health issues and providing uh, adequate in- infrastructure for, to deal with mental health crises, to have people who, can, who are trained to respond have appropriate places to take the people who are experiencing crises, um, have it have reasonable hours, not just nine to five, but whenever someone might need help. And right now, even though um, studies have said that for the state to be effective, we need just a little north of 130 million. Mm -hmm. Right now there's only been about, what, 35 million, but it's been appropriated. Well, if you've got an additional $1 billion with a B, then maybe you should think about funding fully the $130 million. And so now that we know that money's there, there'll be an alert to contact your lawmakers to say fully fund SB1. Mm-hmm. And observing this bill, Senate Bill 1, moving through the legislative process and how wildly popular it's been, I think speaks loads to how effective it could be if it has the appropriate funding to set up this infrastructure. I think they've been using that term, mental health infrastructure that that, um, can really care for the most urgent mental health crises that Hoosiers face because right now we just don't have an adequate system of caring for them. Well, and it would... Go into other areas. I mean, it can help with family dynamics. If a family has someone who's experienced a mental health crisis and they get the appropriate care, if law enforcement don't have to respond to mental health crises, they can then spend their time doing what they're trained to do. If you don't have, 
you know, people who are having a crisis in a county jail or lockup, then you don't have to worry about their safety and interaction with actual people been, who may have been accused or being held for violent crimes. I mean, this can help in so many other ways. Yeah. So reach out to your legislators and ask them to fully fund Senate Bill 1. And you can expect another alert about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, we've been talking about this since the beginning of the session, but school choice, uh, there's an effort this year that's come mostly from the House side, the House chamber, um, to expand the school choice program uh, to make it nearly universal, which would mean that it pretty much anybody could take advantage of that, um, and also to eliminate the pathways into the program that make it easier for people to qualify in the first place. Uh, for a while, it looked like... It wasn't going to happen uh, because the Senate didn't seem to be as agreeable as the House side. Um, but now that you know there's conference committee, it still has a fighting chance. And if this is something that you care about, that families should have the funds and the opportunity to decide what's the best educational opportunity for their child and their family, then again, please call your lawmakers and you know have your sisters brothers aunts uncles anybody who cares about you know your child's education have them call also mm-hmm. i actually i forgot to mention this earlier this week but i uh, heard an announcement about this in my parish this past weekend wow. um yeah it was like included in the parish announcements and it wasn't you giving the announcement right no <laughs> i i think um that was probably our friends at the indiana non-public education association getting the word out so we're grateful for them and their work on that. Uh, next, we haven't spoken about this very much um, up to this point, but conservation funding is something else we're looking at in the budget. And um, <clears throat> as the budget now stands, it is, is lacking in, in that area to maintain Indiana's natural spaces for um, ecological purposes, but also for recreation, for human health, um, as well as expansion of the uh, trail systems of, of Indiana. A couple of years ago during the pandemic, the governor um, highlighted these areas because we found out when people were cooped inside their houses, they were taking advantage of the open spaces mm-hmm. and realized that this is something not just during pandemic time, but that Hoosiers can and would enjoy. And so in the governor's state of the state address, he called for $12.5 million mm-hmm. and... So. Uh, as of last week, it wasn't in the budget, mm-hmm. and we are hopeful that it will be put in the budget. I mean, regardless of where you are on, you know, the whole climate issue, and is it as dire as some people say, at the end of the day, we want to be able to enjoy clean water, clean air, and open spaces, green spaces to be able to enjoy for ourselves, our children, and our children's children. Mm-hmm. And and one statistic I just saw in that you mentioned the increase in use uh, in the pandemic times, I saw that from 2019 to 2020, the trail usage in Indiana State Parks increased by 92%. That's pretty significant. And so I think there's a clear, uh, there's clearly demand for it. Yeah. And uh, I think there are, there are human environmental uh, benefits, benefits to the common good that we can do. And it's not... You know, it's not an ex- extraordinary amount of f- funding to maintain these and increase them, according to 
our state's needs. Well, and when you think about the number of people who use it, and I saw similar um, studies that talked about the increase, but in a lot of states that isn't going down now that people can get out and about. People realize that they enjoyed it. Uh, it doesn't necessarily cost as much as some other things that you could do with, you know, friends and family. So it's a it's a good choice for a way to spend an afternoon or maybe even a weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially in my case, if you have a toddler and you need to get outside and you don't want to be cooped up in the house anymore, uh, going on a hike is a great option. The last budget item we have is earned income tax credit expansion and we dealt with this bill or a, a, a bill that that um, expanded this 1290 house bill 1290 earlier in the session another kind of dead bill mm-hmm. but you know as we said before nothing's really dead until the session's over and now that there's additional money uh, increasing um, the earned income tax credit is something that would benefit Hoosiers. Um, it's not a significant amount, but every little bit helps, especially during a time where there's, you know, in the last 16 months been record inflation. So we are hopeful that, you know, the lawmakers will look at this and say, oh yeah, let's give some relief to Hoosiers. Mm-hmm. And if you think that you could use some relief, call your legislators. Mm-hmm. And and the coupling of that to the federal earned in- income tax credit, as we've talked about before, you can go back and listen to this podcast, uh, would have a number of benefits for families, for um, for people who are, folks who are applying for that. Okay. And then the very last thing, something that got on our radar that you haven't heard us talk about, is House Bill 1004. And House Bill 1004 um, is complicated and not something that you would think that we would normally be talking about. It deals with hospitals and how they reimburse for their rates. And, uh, you know, people can get sticker shock when they go to the hospital, but we recognize that they're an important part of our community. A couple of things, this bill only deals with uh, private hospitals. Mm-hmm. And so that would Nonprofit. Nonprofit. Yeah. Private nonprofit mm-hmm. hospitals. And so... You can question why it's not all hospitals if they're, and one of the things um, that has been said is that they're trying to reduce, you know, the um, the high cost of healthcare. Well, it's very complicated, particularly when you're talking about nonprofit hospitals, because in trying to be sustainable instead of actually being like a private, in, I mean, a a institution that is out for profit. Nonprofits are trying to be sustainable so that they can continue their mission mm-hmm. of service. Um, and, and, it, and so any excess revenue they're getting, it's all being reinvested into their mission. Their right? mission. Mm-hmm. Not to make a you know, board of directors or you know, get extra benefits at the end of the year or some type of dividend. Uh, and so it's complicated and, you know, and all are, are different. And this bill, unfortunately, is kind of treating it as it's simple and a monolith. And so we would encourage you, you don't have to become experts on this because, like I said, it's a complicated issue, but to, you know, communicate with your legislators and ask them to slow down and take their time and listen to the people who deal with this. Uh, It's interesting because, 
you know, as I said, there were lawmakers who were concerned about the high cost of health care, and they sent a letter to hospitals and said, you need to see what you can do to reduce your cost, and you need to do something by January of 2025. And a lot of hospitals didn't communicate back with the legislatures, legislators, but they did continue to do things to reduce cost, and they continue to do that now. And now we've got this bill, 1004, that's going to kind of force them into this category under the guise of reducing costs, but they're doing it before 2025, uh, January, when that's the timetable that they gave them. And so we would recommend that they slow down, maybe send this to a summer study so that the hospitals can come in and tell them what they've done to reduce cost and recommend, you know, another approach instead of doing a a one size fits all. And because if it's too drastic, it could reduce the services that these non-for-profit hospitals provide in very crucial areas across the state. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, well said. And I think another element that the church can offer is that it's not just hospitals that are in question, but if we're looking at lowering health care costs, which is uh, a very good thing to look at, right. that it involves multiple industries, pharmaceutical, um, insurance, Etc. I mean, it's it's so multifaceted. Yeah. So why pick one entity mm-hmm. and say you have to do this? Mm-hmm. And interestingly enough, the entity that is probably doing more to be of service and have a mission and is in direct contact. Not to say that pharmacists don't care about their people, but in general, when you're talking about insurance companies and the other entities that Alexander mentioned it's the hospitals that are right there that front line dealing and if you do something so drastic the entity that is on the front line could suffer the most and if they suffer the most then the people they serve will suffer also mm-hmm. yeah well said all right that's all we have for this week thank you as always for tuning in to the i can podcast and next week maybe our last one it might be our second to last one stay tuned we'll see you then God God bless. God bless.